What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 22, the final episode of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Heavy Heart Bruno. Kurt, I am mourning two deaths. And none oh, of them no. are people, so don't worry. It's okay, not that serious. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just said that for dramatic effect. The one is serious, one is not. Okay. The not okay. serious one, the death of football. Kurt, what the fuck? Football's over. I Football, you know... It, we've talked about it at nauseum on this podcast, obviously, but it's king. Football is king from pretty much year-round. So football is dead. It is gone. RIP in peace to the 2021-2022 football season. But, Bruno, in like three weeks, it starts up again with the, the combine. So, like, you know what? It, you know, it's, it's dead, but it's going to be alive pretty soon. You're not wrong, Kurt. It's going to be reborn, and I'm not going to make any other allusion to anything else being reborn because I'm a big J. Jake remember. Um, Kurt, the second thing on a more serious level, this is serious. I haven't told you about this. This is new. It happened literally two days ago, and you have no idea what I'm going to say. Can I guess? You can guess. Is it Seabiscuit? Kurt fucking nailed it right on the head. Kurt, I... No! I, Kurt, much like we just talked about, I'm hoping Seabiscuit gets reborn. But I'll give you the DL, because I know everybody loved this when I talked about this in, like, October when this happened the other time. Way more serious, in my opinion, this time than the other time. Kurt... I am many things. You know how I like to say I'm a blank guy and you can fill that in with like, you know, saying titties a lot or Marvel or simple or guy, simple guy. Like you can fill that in a lot. Kurt, one thing I'm not is a car guy. Okay. So when, it, when it's, when I'm bringing up something that was extremely alarming to me, you know that it's fucking serious because I'm not a car guy. Kurt right. drove to Natick Saturday, drove Wait, back to Can Ma- we just, can we just, again, for the people who might've missed it in right. October, Seabiscuit is the name of Bruno's car. Right. <laughs> I should probably say that. Not my horse. My car. Seabiscuit <laughs> is the name of your... What is it? Toyota Camry? Uh, Toyota Camry. Kurt. What year? 2000. Two, 2000 Toyota Camry. Oh, yeah. A.K.A. Seabiscuit. Sorry, Bruno. Proceed. No, Kurt. Thank you. I, honestly, Kurt, sometimes when I'm just talking to you, it's just you and me talking. I forget that we have millions of listeners who might not know yes. what Seabiscuit is. So Seabiscuit is my 2000 Toyota Camry. Kurt, drove to Natick on Saturday, drove mm-hmm. back to Manchester. Things were fine. Blasting my music, having a good time, me and Seabiscuit C- reviving. Kurt, I get into Seabiscuit on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Where was Bruno going, may I ask? Oh, it was like noon. I was like going to the gas station, grab some snacky poos before the game. You know, I wanted to settle in. This was, that- was this pre or post our pick six? This was post our pick six, actually, believe okay, it or not. Okay, so okay. it hadn't happened yet because okay. – our- oh, wait, no. What time is our pick six? It was after – I don't remember. I just put your I put your brain in the pretzel. Wait, was our pick six at like eleven, or no? What? I think our pick six was at two. 
<laughs> okay, so I've, I've lost all idea of what time I went, but I know I was like, I'm not leaving my apartment until the pick six because I was like, I don't want to yeah. like be fuck, like fuck over Kurt. So I guess it wasn't noon. I guess it was just like three or something because it was before the game. Anyways, time is a social social construct. Time is a social construct. I get into my car, Kurt, and I'm like, all right, I'm in Seabiscuit. Let's fucking roll. Turn the key. Right off the bat, the check engine light starts flashing. In my fucking face, Kurt. I was like, bro, that's an orange light. And Just wanted to let you know it was there. Hello. It was saying hi. And Kurt, I've never seen it flash before. And no, I'm not a car guy, either. but I was like, that doesn't look good. So it waved hello many times in my fucking face. Kurt, again, not a car guy. There was sounds coming from my car that maybe sounded like an animal dying. I'm not going to lie. There might have been an animal dying in my car. I have no idea. It <laughs> so wasn't me. So what you're saying is Seabiscuit's tummy was upset. And then, Kurt, it's the engine of Seabiscuit started vibrating, and I felt it in my butt. I was sitting in my car, not moving, and I felt it in my butt. So, Kurt, check engine light flashing, crazy fucking dead sounds coming out of my car, the engine vibrating the entire car. I turned him off. I turned Seabiscuit off. I was like, Seabiscuit? I just sat there for like a minute. I'm like, Seabiscuit? redo all right buddy i just patted him i was like see biscuit you got this i was hyping him up i was like let's let's try this again because i'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen you know when you just sit there and you're like i just maybe that just didn't happen maybe i hallucinated at all that's you know I how mean? i feel at all times when something doesn't work just turn it off just turn it, it off back on and yeah. so like honestly i was like pretty convinced i was like okay maybe i just made all of that up like that could all have just not happen like there's a world where i just literally imagined all of that i have a pretty good imagination yeah. Spoiler alert, Kurt. I turned it back on. And he did the fucking same shit as before. So then I was like, you know, dumbass Bruno was like, maybe let's just try driving. <laughs> See what, seeing what happens with uh, all this shit going on. Kurt did a nice little uh, lap around the parking lot. And let me tell you, Seabiscuit did not like that. Seabiscuit <laughs> was, was not injured. happy about that. Not lap. happy. And so, Kurt, I did the old classic. You know when you, like, uh, like bruise your hand and you WebMD it and it's like, yeah, you're going to die tomorrow because you bruised your hand? Mm -hmm. I did that, but for cars. And oh, everything no. I found was viciously hurtful and mean. And my feelings were hurt because it's like your car is going to die. Literally so everything you, article saying your car is going to explode. Yeah. So according to online, Kurt, my engine's fucked. And that's going to cost more than Seabiscuit is worth. Though Seabiscuit is priceless, so I don't know how that's possible. But apparently, my engine's busted. Kurt got it towed into the shop today. They were supposed to call me today while I was at UConn. They did not call me. So as of this moment, it's at the auto shop with some sort of malfunctioning operating system, an engine. And I have no idea what's happening. And I'm going to call them tomorrow. And Kurt, you better fucking pray for the best because it is not looking good for your boy. Our prayers worked once for Seabiscuit. <laughs> they did. <laughs> We're going to need a whole lot more of them this time around. We're going to need all of them. Like, literally, every, all one million... Well, actually, I shouldn't limit it to one. All Every million... Mil, all the billions of listeners we have, I need you to wish not only once tonight before bed, but once tomorrow when you wake up. I need two wishes from you in less than 24 hours, because, Kurt, that's what I'm going to need. When we are called upon, we deliver. You know, that's what we do <laughs> in this podcast. So, so yep. So, Kurt, um, that's. I know that was you know not the start you were anticipating today, but it. I it. Kurt, let me tell you, it wasn't what I was anticipating either. So, <laughs> Sea Biscuit is a staple of UConn. It is a staple of UConn athletics. It's true. It is a staple of the UConn uh, All Stars. It's and if very you, true. I Y K Y K. If you don't know, then I really don't care either. And um, now you know. And now you know, <laughs> Bruno, 
Um, we're doing this old school style today. Well, oh, Kurt, uh, who's to say oh. we don't always do it? All? I, I don't know. Maybe we always, you know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Are we breaking the fourth wall here, Kurt? We're or, breaking uh... the fourth wall. We sometimes like to give ourselves a little bit of a script, a little bit of a. It's, uh, it's, I'll admit a it. Couple, it's true. A couple pointers, a couple, a direction. Let's yes. just call it a direction. Yes. One we'll give direction. It a direction. One direction, uh, which we quickly turn into 14 million directions because we like to go off the rails very quickly. Sure. My favorite thing to do is when I – like Bruno sometimes – well, early in the season, Bruno wrote like the entire thing, uh, even the recaps that I said. And uh, my first time <laughs> reading it was while I was reading it live. <laughs> and there were some unbelievable sentences in there. Um, oh. So that – we miss those days, we but today days. it is off the top of the head. Uh, very limited notes about the Super Bowl, but that's okay because it's very fresh in our minds. So, without any further ado, Bruno, I need you to cue it in. Cue in the cue in the music. We're gonna drop it in one last time on the season, Kurt. Drop it in three, two, motherfucking right, motherfucking now. Bang! Bang! M- music, music's playing, Bruno. Before we dive into the the. The root and the bones of this game. So I'm going to ask you one very simple question. Okay. Okay. On a scale from 1 to 10, what would you rate this Super Bowl? Now, I want you to rate this using, like, the Dave Portnoy pizza rules. Mm. You can use decimals. Yep. Okay. I I have mine written right here. It's yep. written down, so I can't lie about it. Okay. okay. But I want yours. What, what would you rate this Super Bowl? All right. So we'll get into it. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. One bite. One bite. Everybody knows the rules. Literally one bite. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. People forget his Blaze Pizza review where he said he'd do it with integrity and fairness because it was LeBron, and then he gave it a zero. Fucking hilarious. Go watch it if you haven't. I'd one argue bite. that was, I argue that was uh, <laughs> honest. It was honest. It, well, you know, don't ask us every time we went there when we worked at Campbell, but, you know, who's 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 all the time. It's okay. Kurt, one bite. Everyone knows the rules. If we're going to be honest, Kurt, I, I don't know what you're going to say. 6.2. Okay. I was lower. I said four point five. Oh, okay. It didn't. So. It didn't move the needle for me very much. Um, I think it had a lot of, a lot of potential. Right. It just didn't necessarily live up to that. Right. Um, so let's get into it here, Bruno. <clears throat> In the first quarter, mm. not an a not a not a not exactly what we thought off the bat. There was it was a pretty high scoring quarter. In terms of the whole game, so the yeah. way this all the way this all played out is Rams went up seven nothing. Bruno, our our boy, mm, I don't know if he's our boy, but you know what? For right now, he's our boy. Fuck he's it. our boy because did you have him having a touchdown catch, Kurt? If you remember correctly, I predicted and bet on seventy-five yard touchdown to open the game. So I was kind of right. close. I, I did tell close. I did tell everybody that <laughs> at the Super Bowl party I was at. So we were all like. <laughs> Come on. Nothing. nothing. It was like a but, shitty like one-yard run to start yeah, the game. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. But anyway, Odell Beckham Jr. found the yep. end zone for the Rams, made it 7 nothing. Bruno, we'll get to it. But while Odell was in the game, he was a difference maker. Um, it, it seemed like the Bengals did not have an answer for him. They seemed a little bit too focused on Cooper Cup potentially early on. And Odell had some mismatches, which he exploited early. Which he exploited early. Uh, Bruno, there was a there was a, a play in this first quarter. Um, I'm trying to. This is the part where I'm not very good about. Oh, it was the very very. It was before the touchdown drive for the Rams, the first Bengals drive. Bruno, mm-hmm. 
they go for it on fourth and yep. one from the Rams 49 yard line. Did they get it? No. <laughs> no, sir. It was a turnover on downs. <laughs> They're lucky it was just a turnover on downs. Yeah. It probably should have been intercepted. Yes. And the Rams marched in six plays down the field, scored a touchdown. Yep. I know I done chained the Bengals <laughs> twice this year. I ate my words for that. But in the same breath, I have also said all year, I am not a Zach Taylor fan. Mm. I think Zach Taylor pooped his pants in that first drive, and it was an atrocious start. Bill Belichick somewhere, probably in Nantucket, was rolling around in his non-grave, but was angry. Sometimes you just got to play the field position game. You know at that point, if you do not get the first down, you are handing yeah. the Rams points. Right. In a Super Bowl. Right. Points are points are precious. They're precious in any game, but they're really fucking precious in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. So they turn it over on downs, and OBJ scores a touchdown. Yep. Bengals punt on their next drive. Nothing happens. Rams punt on their next drive. Nothing happens. Then our boy, Evan McPherson. Kick McPherson. Kick, pardon my ass. Kick Pearson. <laughs> he dials in a... Uh, not a 55-yarder, Bruno. Sorry, RIP and peace to that uh, prop bet. From, uh, <laughs> about from 30 us. yards too, too but short. A good, a good old 30-yard <laughs> field goal. Bangs that home for the Bengals, makes it 7-3. to three. Right. Immediate response from immediate response from the Rams. Yep. Um, they go up 13-3 to three thanks to a Cooper Cup touchdown pass from Matt Stafford. Um, they ended up missing the extra point. That turned out to be a very, very big missed extra point because Cincinnati was like, you know what, 13-3. We're at a point now, in this, even though it's the first quarter, we're at a turning point. Mm. Either we lock in and we make this a game or things could get hairy pretty fast. Well, they have an awesome 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, which ends in a pass uh, not from Joe Burrow. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, my friend did put $10 on a non-quarterback thrown touchdown in this game. Damn, should put more. He made like four hundred dollars or something. Imagine like, if he put like a hundred or something. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so we were having a grand old time at the Super. <laughs> we were we were like all fired up. Glad I was in the bathroom when it happened. I was peeing. <laughs> um, so anyway, Joe Mixon, not Joe Burrow, the wrong Joe. True. Throws a touchdown pass, makes it thirteen to ten. True. Uh, that was this, that was the final score at the end of the first quarter. I'm like, okay, what were your thoughts at this point in the game, Burrow? You're like, okay, a lot of points, a lot of scoring. Kind of what we expected a little bit. Like, we could, we both took the over in this right. game. But at this point, what were your thoughts? Were you, were, how were you feeling? So, first of all, Kurt, um, that was a good summary of the first half. One thing I just wanted to quarter. touch on. Maybe half? Nope. That was the first quarter. 13-10. Are we sure about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the end of the first half. Okay. We're on the same page, baby. Fully scripted. Or that is on the first half. Uh, Great, that's what you says, said this whole time. My thing says end quarter two. That would be half. <laughs> we're on the same page, baby. All right. So I'm just gonna, we were just testing each other right there, Kurt. That's all. Uh, simply, we're on the same page like we I, always have I think my I think my phone's a little <laughs> fucked up here. Yeah, yeah. It's the phone. Yeah, it's the phone. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's where I went wrong. Yep. Yep. No, that's the end of the first half, guys. Okay, time traveling. And if you wanted to know why we scripted things, this is why. I fucking love it, Kurt. I fucking love it. All right, so really quick, because we're already in silly time, apparently. My, did you see? So the blocked um, point after. (laughs) Did you see that play? Like I know it's, but 
so it goes back to like I think it was McPherson. He tries to like throw it. It gets like intercepted, but not. I don't know if that even counts as like an intercepted. Then the fucking Rams try to run it back. The guy's running up the sideline. He fucking laterals it to another guy on the Rams, and all of a sudden shit's going fucking crazy in this blocked point after. Kurt, I don't know what. Wait, was am I fucking stupid? I thought the Rams missed the extra point. Um. Oh yeah. So sorry. I said the backwards. Sorry. Sorry. Whoever. Who. I just know that I was mixing up the teams. Yes, but whoever yes. blocked it almost like returned it. But then I was like, what is that even worth? Like, if they don't they get points? Is that points? I think it's two points for the. I was other trying to figure team. out what would have happened, and also, I forget. Did, was it? What did the ball when it was blocked hit the ground, or did it go back to him? He caught it, and then he threw it in the air. Johnny Hecker. Maybe it's Hecker. Though. The punter put the ball down and dropped it. Okay. So the ball was really never kicked. And then he, like, tried to make a play, and he threw it. And then I think he was intercepted. So, okay, that's my other question. Yeah. Is that an interception? That was my other question. It's a... <laughs> I that don't think the... it counts as an interception because it's a dead ball play. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um. Yeah, no, he's not... Hecker's not listed here on the uh, passing sheet. So. I, Kurt, I was enthralled by that play. Literally, I spent a long-ass time just thinking about all the different shit that happened in that play. Not important. Sorry. I, I just got sidetracked. I, I had to say it, Kurt. I had to say it. You're welcome. All right. Going back to your original question, though, unless you got something else for that play. Nope. Um, first half thoughts. Kurt, you did not a good first job. first quarter? <laughs> well, it happened in the first quarter. You're right. The, what I'm about to say. Um, you did a good job in illustrating how Zach Taylor pooped his pants. One thing I will say, as the reasoning why I feel like they went front on that fourth and one, this whole postseason, Kurt, what have the Bengals kind of like been known for? It, they've been known for their second half, right? That's We saw that against the Chiefs. We saw that in, honestly, most of their games. They came out really in the first half, a lot of their games, and they fell flat. And that was something they talked about all of Super Bowl media week. We heard Joe Burrow coming out and saying, like, yes, we're aware of this. We've had meetings about this. We don't know why we start slow. We're really trying to not do that because, like, you know, you can only do that so many times before it comes back to bite you. I just think, Kurt, quite honestly, that was, like, something that they, like, overthought about a lot leading up to this game. Put in that fourth and one position with so much extra emphasis on starting hot that they were like, you know what, fourth and one, we got to get up to a better start. Again, like, I don't I know what you can say, call. but the call, the play, the play call was call. terrible, which is, again, goes to your point of him pooping his pants. But, like, again, I kind of respect them being like, let's try to change this narrative of, like, having a good start. But, like you said, you got to have the execution. It's not just about the intention, right? It's also about the execution. So, like, so real quick. First and 10, first play of the game, Joe Burrow passed to Boyd for eight yards. So Great. second and two. Great. You run Joe Mixon for one yard. Yep. And then you run Pirine, your third down like pass catching back, on third and one out of shotgun for no gain. He, he almost lost a yard in all reality. I hated that they ran the ball to shotgun against a dominant offensive line. And then I hated the play call on fourth and one. Yeah. with a, a That was one of those plays Joe Burrow knew before the play where he was going with the ball. Yes. It was yes. so obvious he knew where like he just he had predetermined where he was going. I tell ninth grade quarterbacks you can't do that. Yeah. Joe Shiesty, you can't do that on the opening drive, man. That's I know it was probably scripted, but what are we doing? Right. So yeah, Kurt, my thoughts overall, I completely agree. My thoughts overall, it just it felt like one of those classic halves where there were jitters on both sides. It wasn't the most clean execution of plays all around. Yes, there were some good you know, the Rams had some good drives, the Bengals had some good plays. It ended up being close at halftime for sure. It just felt like one of those things. I was like, all right, we got this half out of the way. Let's like, you know, take this long halftime break with the show going on, which I'm sure we'll get to, and all this sort of stuff. Oh, let's regroup and have a yeah. <laughs> let's regroup and have a better second half. That's honestly what it felt like to me. It didn't feel like a crazy like. I think this goes to our point about the Super Bowl as a whole. The first half 
kind of just like a normal ass game. It yeah. really wasn't that crazy. Yep, it wasn't that crazy. Um, I did want to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. I, I hinted at it yep. earlier. Yep. Um, I think he at the time only had two catches. Let me see here. Um, Odell, two catches for 52 yards uh, and a touchdown. Right. So, I mean, Odell was kind of the playmaker in that first half for the Rams. Mm -hmm. um, they just, they had scored 13 points, but Odell was a big part of that. Right. Now, Odell goes down um, on his only non-catch on a target. He uh, Yeah. He unfortunately tore his ACL. The same, I think the same ACL that he I think so. originally tore, um, which really sucks. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you you never want injuries in the game, but Odell, um, you know, Odell is what Odell is. He likes to be a main storyline. He's kind of a kind of an asshole. Like he likes being he likes the attention on him. Right. But when he got when he got traded from the Browns to the Rams, he really kind of just shut up and played. And he played really, really well. It's like the Browns couldn't make it work with this guy. Like, what are we doing? His dad should went down of the year for making that video about how many times Baker Mayfield missed him on open things. Like, right. Because he got to Los Angeles and automatically was a was a game changer for them. He goes down, I think, in the second quarter of this game, maybe end of the first quarter. And uh, things changed pretty dramatically for the Rams. There was not a whole lot of scoring for them after that. Um, so... Obviously, that was a big factor. What was, do you have any takeaways? Further takeaways from that? Yeah, just adding what you said. He, you know, grew more chemistry with Matt Stafford in the time he was traded to the team this year than he had in like all of his, you know, however many seasons with Baker Mayfield, and that just says a lot. It just says a lot right there. No doubt, it says a lot about Matt Stafford. It says a lot about Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Albert Breer, who's really, really tapped in with what's going on in the NFL. I think he's the the Monday morning quarterback guy, uh, one of those guys uh, with Peter King. Um, had said the Rams are going to do every, like, before the game everything in their power to bring back Odell. Uh, they love him. He loves it there. He seems like a Los Angeles guy, if we're being honest. Yep. Um, I don't know if this changes anything. When you tear your ACL once, obviously not a great situation. He obviously proved that he could come back and he could play well. Now you re now you tear that ACL for a second yeah. time. How does that how does that uh, affect your explosiveness? How does that affect your ability to get off the line of scrimmage? All these little things that unfortunately you're not going to know now until late okay it's february let's say some athletes come back in eight months which from an acl which crazy would be but fast yes. well since k makers came back in like six months from a torn achilles i believe anything's possible that's true but let's just call it eight months rodell that's into october yeah you're a free agent is yeah. someone gonna take a chance on you after tearing your ACL for a second time, you, he might have to go back to the Rams on a one-year prove-it deal again, which fucking sucks because of how well he played. But I think that's kind of what we're looking at with Odell now, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, Kurt, if we're all if we're being honest, I haven't seen any speculation since it because it just happened and we don't know yet. But like, it could be something where it's almost like a like a two-year low-money deal where it's like he's under contract with the Rams this year while he rehabs, so they have control over like. You know, he can come to the facility. The team doctors can help him. It's not like he's, like, doing his own thing with specialists or who knows what, you know, on his own. He's, like, under team control. And then the second year is his, like, prove-it-year deal. And maybe the incentive for the Rams is, like, it's not a ton of money. The incentive for OBJ is he gets paid this year while he comes back from injury. I don't know. Maybe that's something that we see happen. Yeah, I don't know. But, obviously, a really unfortunate uh, ending for Odell Beckham Jr. this right. season.
Right. Uh, Bruno, so like I said, now that I realize we're not done with just the first quarter, we're done with the first half, that <laughs> led to halftime, yeah. which was, it had been talked about that this was going to be, the quote, the greatest halftime show of all time. Um, it was apparently the reason a lot of people were tuning into the game. And, I, again, I have not talked to Bruno about this. It didn't. It it did live up to the hype. I thought this. I thought the halftime show was the best part of the game. Um, I'm usually, you know, as stats guy, and I and you discussed a couple weeks ago. Yep. There haven't been that many like, holy shit, halftime shows for a long time. This was like this one was awesome. So just again recapping. Yep. It was Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Eminem. And I was, I was, oh, and a surprise <laughs> appearance from 50 Cent. 50 Cent, baby. It looked more like a dollar bill, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. And was putting on a couple LBs. 50 Cent's been on the, <laughs> hanging with the, the McDonald's dollar menu for too long. Kurt, one too many trips to the candy shop, you know what I mean. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. Uh, that was well done. That Thank was you. well done, Bruno. Um, so, yeah, surprise appearance from him. Didn't know he was going to be yeah. in it. Also, his entrance, uh, he was hanging upside down his uh <laughs> infamous uh, uh, go-to there and uh, it uh, when he started singing it, it felt to me like he had been hanging upside down for too long because yeah. I was like uh, I don't think this man can, can breathe <laughs> all the blood the blood in his head um, anyways uh, anyways um, who was your favorite part of this of the halftime show I have to ask because I my only concern about this halftime show is I was like okay if it's a 12 to 15 minute halftime show how are they going to fit five, I didn't know, six performers into that little amount of time? I was like, are we only going to get like one song from each person? And that is kind of what it was like. Um, Snoop and Dr. Dre started it, and then I think it went to uh, Ken- no, went to Mary J. Blige, then Kendrick, then Eminem. I think so. 50, I don't remember that. 50 order. Cent was in there somewhere. I don't yeah, fucking yeah. know. Um, but who was your favorite of those of those performers? So, Kurt, I will say, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Eminem is up there for, like, all-time favorite rappers. You know, Young Bruno on those classic, like, middle school basketball games, just listening to all the classics. Like, it, I just have so many hilarious memories of, like, just thinking I was the coolest person alive listening to Eminem back in the day. And, again, it's a large part of my playlist. I will say, though, again, maybe that's better left in the past. He was all right. I, Kurt, I'm just going to go with Snoop Dogg. Again, Snoop Dogg is, is always a delight every time you see him. Did you see that video that came out? That's the biggest no-dub of all time where he was smoking before he went on stage. No I was like, shit, Sherlock. What, what, were, what were people expecting him? <laughs> Stone Cold Sober up there? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah, Kurt. So honestly, Snoop was a delight. Kurt, I know you have more to break down, but I'll just give you my take, right? I went on this very podcast with you and Stats Guy when we were talking about this and ranking the past of the however many 10 years ago we did. And I gave my take that I essentially, like, I've never been a halftime show guy. It's not like yeah. I don't like the acts. It's just not something that really holds my attention. What I'll say to the credit of this year, it held my attention. I actually, yeah. like, was watching this year. Like, I was like, okay, like, I'm interested enough to keep watching. I, I don't know if, like, again, maybe it's just because this isn't my scene. It's not like it was, it was probably my favorite of recent memory. It's not like, to me, it was, like, the craziest thing of all time. But I did really enjoy it because they're all people, like, I actually like rather than I don't know. There were some people on the list that you went with stats guys. Like yeah. I wouldn't watch one fucking second of that. So before you get into the specifics or your review, because I think that's what the people want to hear. My review was it was pleasant. I enjoyed it. Snoop Dogg made me laugh, and I had a good time. Snoop Dogg's the man, dude. I um, I don't have this extensive breakdown. My favorite was Eminem too. Uh, or my favorite was Eminem. I yep. know you said yours was Snoop, but like 
for very similar reasons that you mentioned, Bruno. So, um, oh, I think because he was kneeling, right? That's your favorite reason. Well, for we're, <laughs> we're going to skip that aspect of it. <laughs> Sorry, I should I shouldn't have said that, but Kurt, I have to. Triggered, <laughs> triggered, triggered. Um, so, in uh, I was that kid in middle school and in high school where I was like, you know, pregame for football. Yep. The only thing I listened to was Eminem. There was nothing. Yep. It was just on repeat. Yep. Um, when Not Afraid came out, that oh was like God. that was like my. I think if I have like an app of like re, like a replay thing on Apple yep. Music for like 2010, that might have been the only song I played. Oh yeah. Um, I was like in the locker room screaming like lock into everybody while Eminem was like <laughs> blasting through my headphones. I being that douchebag. Um, but Eminem, he's he's in my top five ever. Oh, for artists, of course. Rapper, forget rappers, artists, yes. like people that I would like like enjoy listening to. Yes. Um, just his whole discography is awesome to me. Um, a big Eight Mile guy too. Love that of, movie. Of course, um, always of watch course. that on TV. Of course, never can turn it off. Um, I thought he was good. I mean, I, I, it was you know people obviously have said in the past decade or so he's kind of regressed. What you, yeah, okay, still still great. Um, so I really enjoyed him. I thought Kendrick was awesome. I. I'll be really honest. I'm not a huge Kendrick Lamar fan. Same. Uh, doesn't move the needle for me very much. He was awesome in this. I don't know like a lick about Mary J. Blige. She got some pipes on her. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's cool. Okay. And Snoop and Dr. Dre are Snoop and Dr. Dre. You yep. know every single time what you're getting. And I thought it was, <laughs> and I thought it was awesome. The 50 cent part for me, I thought it was, I just, I thought it was gimmicky, but I also thought it was like absolutely hilarious. Like It was that, so funny. <laughs> Nothing about like I don't think he was very good, but like, it was it was downright hilarious. It and then like hilarious. I don't know if you saw like at the end of it, um, they're all like on the top of like that stage. No, I I left by that point. But what was happening at the end? Well, no, they just all got up there together, on, like oh. the top of that roof that was like yep. a house. And uh, I think Fifty Cent missed the choreography um, <laughs> training because it all ends with them all like facing the camera, like in a power pose, and Fifty Cent just in the other direction. That it's is like, hilarious. His back is turned, and that was <laughs> like, well, that's very on brand for what we had here. But I really liked the halftime show. It was really, 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 really entertaining for me. It was like a moment for all like the uh, all the people our age. Yes. Like, that was for us. That was for the that people was, who had like pre pre um, like an iPod Touch, yeah. pre like you oh, had yeah. to like put a, a disc into like a CD. Oh player. yeah, burned like, many CD. Burned, burned many burned CDs. Burned CDs. Yeah, that, I did. The, I should did that a fuck ton. Of course, that was like the LimeWire era. Like yeah. we were oh, like yeah. illegally downloading. Th- yeah, that was oh, us. Oh yeah, that was for oh, us. Yeah. So <laughs> it was nice to have that moment, and then the second half started. Yeah, <laughs> no. second quarter, Kurt. Oh what? what? So <laughs> the second half started, you fucking yep, idiot. Yep. Um, and the most entertaining 10 minutes of the game for me, as as people who were on the record saying we were rooting for the Bengals, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. Oh, shit. Oh, um, shit. oh, one last thing on the first half. Yep. During the halftime show. Evan Kickpherson oh, yep. did not go into the locker room. <laughs> He's like, Coach, I'm good. Coach, like, y- you're good. This man was out here <laughs> vibing to the halftime show the entire time. I want his cockiness. I want it. And, Kurt, I'm going to be honest. He said that in his interview with Part of My Take last week. He literally said he was going to do that. So it's yep. just hilarious that he was like, he doesn't, he's not all talk. He was fucking like, yep, I'm going to be out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to the locker room. I'm, so, uh, he, you know, he's about our age. So he, this that was for him. So it's that was true. for him, too. So, Bruno, the second half starts, and all of a sudden, quite literally, 
all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Uh, I I wish this happened for you on the first play of the game. Yeah. Thank because you. The first Thank play you. of the second half goes for a <laughs> seventy-five yard touchdown. One play. Uh, it's uh, T. Higgins for a seventy-five yard touchdown. He beats Jalen Ramsey. Bruno. Jalen Ramsey is notorious for being one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, mm -hmm. and I'm not here to say he's not. But on the in the game's biggest stage, Super Bowl. Jalen Ramsey laid an egg. He was terrible in this game, and he got absolutely toasted for this one. So the so Cincinnati goes up seventeen to ten, and you're like, all right, that was the first like really big explosive play of the game for the Bengals. It's like, okay, maybe their offense gets going, gets going, and then on the flippity flop on Matt Stafford's first pass of the second half, it's intercepted, and I'm like, okay, pandemonium, pandemonium. Like the the Bengals have to take advantage of it. Did they take advantage of it? Kind of. Eh. They could have taken more advantage of it. So, right, right, um, right. and to the McPherson 38-yard field goal, but Joe Burrow was sacked a couple times on this drive, and mm. um, it just kind of derailed the opportunity to. Do. If they could have gone touchdown, touchdown there, and gone to 24-13, yeah. Now, now the Rams have to start pressing, and yeah. with OBJ out, like we mentioned. Now you can you can double Cooper Cup and you can, you know I say it all the time make somebody else beat you. That if you're the, if you're the Bengals you have to make somebody else beat you. Uh, spoiler alert they didn't do that. Um, but Bruno so as it is twenty to thirteen all that happens the rest of the quarter is the the Rams kick a field goal. Yeah. So they go it's twenty to sixteen Cincinnati and then for seven straight possessions <laughs> there was a punt. Right. So. The third quarter started at an electric pace. Oh, yeah. And then nothing happened to, like, the final five minutes of the game. So right. that's, like, that's where the game lost me when I when yes. I give it that yes. 4.5 rating. First quarter was great. Well, even the first half was pretty good. Third quarter comes out, we are guns blazing. I'm right. all in. I'm invested. I could have taken a nap for one hour and not missed a thing. And I'm like, that... It felt very Rams Patriots Super Bowl from mm. three years ago, right? Like, just a defensive slugfest. And I will give credit where credit is due. I expected a good defensive showing from the Rams. The Cincinnati front seven was phenomenal in this game. Um, I don't have it in front of me. How many yards did the Rams rush for the whole game? Forty-three yards. Sheesh. Twenty-two, twenty-three carries for forty-three yards. One point nine yards per carry. Yeah. What a job by the Cincinnati front seven. Just right. really, really impressive stuff. So there were seven straight punts, and then it leads to – I was sitting with all my friends, and I was like, it was inevitable what was going to happen. Like, it just felt like it was poetic justice almost. Yeah. Matt Stafford leads a 15-play, 79-yard drive over the course of four minutes and 48 seconds. Or no, that was wrong. Uh, no, that was right. Four yeah. minutes and 48 seconds, and he yeah. leads it to um, a touchdown drive with it, capping it off with a Cooper Cup touchdown. Right. Cooper Cup, uh, it's interesting about this play. I was reading up on it. This play was originally designed to Odell Beckham Jr., who was playing the outside X receiver position. Obviously, OBJ tears his ACL, is not in the field. Cooper Cup goes from the slot to the outside. Cooper Cup is a, is a slot receiver. He's not incredibly right. big. He's just physical. 
He right. goes out to the X receiver spot. They throw a fade route to him. That's a route that you see to a Nikhil Harry, to a Calvin Johnson, to those type of guys. <laughs> Not to a Coop. Did, did you just did you, did you just say to a Nikhil Harry, to a Calvin Johnson, to those kind of guys? Those tall guys. Did you just, did you just say that? <laughs> I see why that might be confusing. <laughs> Are you trying to make me laugh because you succeeded? <laughs> I didn't. I mean body type. Okay. That's I'm all going saying, with that. I, I didn't mean caliber, guys. <laughs> That's funny, though, Bruno. I see how that would be deceiving. Oh, good times. Uh, not, not Cooper Cup, the small white guy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? True, true, yeah, true. you got me on that one. Uh, no, I, I don't even. Nikhil Harry and uh, Calvin Johnson are not on the same planet. <laughs> can, we, can we just get a soundbite from this podcast? <laughs> Kurt Field compares Nikhil Harry to Calvin Johnson. <laughs> That's going to be what I share, when I share this. So yeah. feel free to listen to this now. When I share this, that's what I'm going to say for my description. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> You're welcome for just completely disrupting your that's point. That's fine. No, there really continue. was no more point. So Cooper Cup catches a one-yard fade um, to, to put the Rams right. up 23-20. Now, again, why is that important? Because of their missed extra point in the first right, half. Right. It's a, it's a, it, a field goal ties the game. A field goal ties the game for the Bengals, and I, I started to believe it. On the very first play, Joe Burrow throws a pass to Jamar Chase in the left. Not oh yeah, not a flat, but it was probably like an eight-yard pass. Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey tries to jump it, and then all of a sudden, it's like a 20-yard gain. Right. I'm like, okay, Bengals are in business. They only need like probably ideally mm, 20 more yards, and they're in they're in range for McPherson. Uh, it didn't go that way. So then they hit a pass for to Boyd for nine yards. Joe Burrow pass incomplete to Jamar Chase. They run the ball on third and one. Your boy. The P. Ryan again. If you're going to fucking run the ball, <laughs> give it to Joe Mixon. Yes. Let's stop being cute here for a second. Joe Mixon had a fantastic year. Give the man the ball. No. Nope. Yeah. They said, nah, fam, that's too cute. Way to go, Zach Taylor, you fucking chode. Idiot. Um, gives the ball to P. Ryan. Nothing. Timeout by Cincinnati. 43 seconds to go in the game. Fourth and one. Another... Another fourth and one for Cincinnati, which they they can't they can't convert. Bruno, Joe Burrow, uh, pass incomplete to our boy P Ryan, um, and the game was over. Uh, I will say, the entire second half, the Rams Rams defensive line absolutely chewed up, spit out, and then ate all over again. The Ram, the uh, Bengals offensive line, they dominated. Joe Burrow in this game was sacked seven time is Bruno they were they he, that is an astronomical amount for a Super Bowl and I know I talked about it on the pick six I was like that is the biggest scare for me and that's yeah. ultimately why I picked the Rams yeah I don't give myself credit for like I was that was pretty <clears throat> spot on for me oh yeah like big time I was like I think the Bengals will be in the game I think they'll lose but like less than four and a half it just when you have Joe Burrow and you have Jamar Chase and you have these guys you can get the ball to I just I can't believe you don't have the ability to protect him. The only thing that the Bengals should do in the draft this year is draft five fucking linemen because you have your franchise. You have everything you need, but you just can't protect him. Joe Burrow was sacked eight times in the Titans game, which they won. And I know you talked about that in the pick six. Like, Despite all these sacks, Bruno, they were still somehow winning these games. Ultimately, it just came to be too much. He was sacked seven times in this one. Aaron Donald makes a play of the game, well, the game-winning play. Has Joe Burrow in his grasp. Burrow tries to get it to P. Ryan, incomplete. Um, but in the end, it was just not enough time for the franchise quarterback. Yeah, and Kurt, credit to you because 
basically what you what it comes down to is the Bengals got away with having their offensive line play drastically subpar for the first three games of the postseason and it came back to bite them so again that was a completely on point prediction from you and again if you're the Bengals it's very clear what you need to address moving forward right you get a better offensive line that fixes a lot of your problems I have a couple other things but the second half that yep. I feel are worth worth talking about and we'll get to first thing there was a lot of talk about a couple big moments of penalties and to me like sometimes it's very clearly it's biased towards one team i would say for this game there were instances where it's biased against both so i'm not really yep. viewing that as a huge a huge whatever kurt on that um t higgins 75 yard touchdown against Jalen ramsey yes he didn't have a great game overall on that specific play you could pretty you make a pretty convincing argument for awesome pass interference he basically i don't know if it was intentional but whether it was intentional or not he essentially grabbed Jalen ramsey's like face mask and like pulled him to the ground on that play so again worth mentioning that that's kind of a blown call that completely benefits the bengals yep that was kind of when i was like oh shit, maybe this game is going for the bengals because if they're getting that break they're getting that touchdown and then they kick that field goal right after i was like oh shit, it's the bengals game to lose right so that's when i was like oh like bengals let's go on the flip side on that final touchdown drive for the Rams, I'm sure you saw this. There were like eight penalties in the in the red zone on first and goal, first and goal, second there goal. There were like, four penalties in the yeah. final two minutes of the game that all went for the Rams. Right. And so, again, to me, it's like you had that one in the second half, that the start of the second half, which completely gave the Bengals control, and they could have capitalized and gone on from there and done big things. You have some at the other end of the game for the Rams. Maybe you can argue the quantity was different, but like as far as the impact on the game, they both resulted in a score, right? So it's like... You know, to me, that didn't like. No doubt, I totally hear what you're saying. I will say this to that, that to that point though, um, for the large majority of the game, so the first 56 minutes, right, of the game, it was clear the refs were letting were letting the boys True. play. True. So that has kind of that had kind of been, you know, how people played all game long. Like, like I think back to basketball. Like when I played basketball, our coach always used to say, "Like the first couple minutes, you're feeling out the refs. What can you? What can I get away right. with today? What can I not get away with today?" Well, if you if you go the entire game playing one way, it is then really hard in the last couple minutes to go away from that. So, right. if you're really letting them play and it's really physical and you're letting a lot go, and in the final couple minutes you're calling the ticky tack stuff, I don't know if I can fully get behind that. And there were a couple. The one that really sticks out to me, I think, is the maybe it was the third down play. I don't know, but that li the white linebacker for the Bengals. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Was in coverage against Cooper Cup, and he had yep. phenomenal coverage. Was his hand on Cooper Cup's back? Yeah. Do I think it? He he didn't pull him. He didn't tug him. He was just there, and right. he, made, he he had a pass breakup. Well, he he did, but then he didn't because it was a penalty. Right. Um. There were a couple obvious ones like Eli Apple got absolutely toasted in the, oh, yeah. in the end zone. Like, like he sucks, but yeah, um, sucks. I just I didn't like the way it was called at the end. Right, and so that I completely agree with. And again, that's where the NFL rigged people come into play, right? Because they're like, oh, yeah. you know, Rams are losing. They want the LA market to win, blah blah blah. So I completely agree. If you're gonna call it, be consistent. You know, you know me, Kurt. I always say consistency is key. That's why I'll never change. I agree. If you're gonna call it 56 minutes, call it the whole 60. That leads me, though, and this isn't necessarily related, but that segues to my other point that I was going to bring up. Kurt, you said it best. In the second quarter, when OBJ went down, that completely changed the Rams' offense, right? And it took them a while to figure it out. On that last drive, you know, they get the ball, five minutes left. Their four-minute drive, essentially, their, their touchdown game-winning drive, right? You know it's crunch time. You know the Rams need a score. You know who Matthew Safford's favorite receiver is, and you know who he's going to throw to. Kurt... I'd, I think it was either five or six. I don't know which one. He threw it five, 
five catches to Cooper Cup on that final drive, and there was even the touchdown that got like nullified because of yep. that penalty. So it was even more targets, and there might have been another target that was incomplete. So five catches alone, probably six or seven targets to Cooper Cup on that final drive. If you're the Bengals, you played a great second half. You didn't let up that many points. They had let up a field goal as the only points of the second half before that point. And for them to, on that final drive, game is on the line. They're playing really well. And you probably know that Stafford needs to throw it to Cooper Cup to be able to have any chance of success. Kurt, again, I know Cooper Cup is good. I know Matthew Stafford had that no-look pass that everyone was talking about. There's like 5 million was, different angles that of that no-look that pass. Sick, that was sick. Better than Patrick Mahomes, people forget. Uh, fuck Brittany Mahomes. Um, anyways, all that shit. Um, I'm just saying, if you're the Bengals, it's like, come on. Like, part of me was like, listen, are we really going to... Is everyone sitting here knowing what's going to happen, and then we're just going to watch what we know is going to happen happen? Like, is this happening? Did I say happen too much for you, no, Kurt? Happening. So that was my only thing for that last drive. It's like, yes, it was impressive from the Rams. I'm not taking anything away from that. I just wish, like you said, d double, triple, do whatever you got to fucking do to cover Cooper Cup because without him and then without OBJ, again, it's not like they have no one, but it's like that that's who they're going to be throwing it to. Yeah, they, it, it was so obvious. They were like they were like force-feeding the ball to Cooper Cup, and you and – you, such a good point. Like, OBJ's out of the game. You know who you have to stop. Tyler Higby's not playing. Who else is Matt Stafford throwing to? You? Yeah. Me? You have to allocate numerous defenders there. You can't leave Cooper Cup one-on-one. -on -one. They did bit him in the ass. Again, coaching. Zach Taylor, figure it the fuck out, bro. Figure it out, bro. I will say this, too. Yep. I think Sean McVay's so fucking overrated. Bruno, before the touchdown that he the, the the Rams scored in his for almost 120 minutes so 118 <laughs> minutes he had scored his prolific offense had scored 19 oh, yeah. points in a Super Bowl Yikes. two Super Bowls 19 points till that last touchdown Yikes. um are you a little overrated I think so. and it's not like the Bengals were of like the fucking Legion of Boom out there I think just I think it's a little overrated. So yes, right. the the Rams won the Super Bowl. Los Angeles hit the Super Bowl twenty three twenty over the Bengals. Cooper Cup is named uh, MVP of the game. Were you okay with that, or do you think it should be Aaron Donald? I was okay with it. I would have been okay with Aaron Donald too. You can go either of them. I'm not really strongly either one way or another. I was either of them. I would have say were the two deserving ones. I agree. Um, in this game, I will say this: Aaron Donald is a beast. We know we we've been knowing this. The trade. That the that the Rams made yep. to acquire Aaron um, um, Von Miller, yep, is so vastly underlooked. It is mind-boggling to me. In this game alone, two sacks, six pressures. In the postseason, he had twenty-two pressures. Von Miller was worth every single penny that they paid him. He is a free agent. He was probably going to get paid. Um, yes, but sir. happy for him that he got his second ring. Happy for Matt Stafford again. There was really no rooting interest in this game. Would I have liked the Bengals win? Yes, they didn't. Okay, that's fine. The story that Matt Stafford overcomes, all this stuff with his wife, Kelly, uh, a couple of years ago, he right. <laughs> he leaves Detroit, never been, never won a playoff game, then wins the Super Bowl in his first year somewhere else. It's like, okay, good for Matt Stafford. Yep. So, Bruno, that, that recap, Super Bowl 56. Uh, hopefully next year we're talking about the Patriots winning Super Bowl 57. Probably not, but that's okay. We're, we're, we will speak it into existence. 27-16 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Whoa, baby. I love it. You heard it here first, Bruno. But, okay, <laughs> that's a great segue because you know what to yep. do now. Oh, I'm aware. It, can you give me the CBS music? Bang.
So, Bruno, as we know now, the Patriots are Super Bowl 57 champions uh, next year with their win over the 49ers. Fantastic, fantastic. We have to talk about how they're going to get there. True. You know, this season in 2021-2022 didn't start great. And then all of a sudden they were 9-4 and four in the number one seed in the AFC. And then they lost four of their last five games. So a roller coaster of a season. Uh, I would like to see a little more consistency next year. But with that being said, Bruno, um, it's not It's not going to be – oh, my God, Siri is talking hear, to me. I hear that. Siri, shut the fuck up. No one asked you, Siri. I said it was going to be a little hard. I didn't need you chiming in. Um <laughs> I, it's not going to be exactly easy next year. I'm going to go over our opponents for 2022 really quick. All okay? right, I'm ready. All right, so obviously we know home and away we get the the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Of okay, course, so of that course. is what it is. Yep, so yep. aside from them, though, at home next year we have the Ravens, the Bears, the Bengals, the Lions, and the Colts. So some some winnable games there. Yeah, and then obviously like. The Ravens, the Bengals, and the Colts are all tough games. Yeah. Bears, Lions, I'm not even remotely concerned about those. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But the away schedule, mm. that do be a gauntlet now. You go to Arizona. Mm. You go to Cleveland. Mm. You go to Green Bay. Oh. You go to Vegas. Oh. oh, my God. We go to McDaniel? Our boy? Oh, we go, we go to McDaniels and the oh fucking 28 God. other coaches they have oh from God. us. We go to Pittsburgh, and Ugh. we go to Minnesota. Ugh. Okay, Ugh. those. Really? Those are some really far trips too. Yeah. Arizona, Green Bay, Vegas, Vegas, yeah. Minnesota. They go. You're getting their air miles in next year, Bruno. Oh, so yeah. a, a relatively tough, I would say, opponent list. We'll see again how it all shakes out when yep. the, when the schedule comes out, yep. which is one of my favorite days of the year. Of course, um, Bruno. I need. Let's just start at the tippity top. Okay. Okay. In order for the Patriots to get to the promised land next year, mm-hmm. I think the first. The first thing they have to do this offseason before they acquire any players, before they they trade any players, is they need to establish what the fuck is going on in their coaching staff. Yes. Bruno, as we have stated at this point, they lost Dave Ziegler and McDaniels to Vegas. True. Well, uh, I don't know. Do you remember that documentary, um, the Nick Saban, Bill Belichick documentary thing that was on ESPN a couple years ago? Yes. Where they were sitting in Alabama and... Uh, Belichick and Saban were both saying how you know they're super happy for their assistants when they when they get head coaching jobs elsewhere, but what they don't like and how I think it's scummy is when they take when they raid your coaching staff. Right. Um, I wonder what the relationship <laughs> right now is like between Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick because uh, your boy Joshy. He raided the cabinet before he mm-hmm. left. So on the way to Vegas as well, Mick Lombardi, the Patriots wide receiver coach, who potentially could have been the offensive coordinator here, goes to Vegas and is the OC there. He takes Bo Hardigree, who was the uh, quarterback coach for Mac Jones, takes him to Vegas to be the quarterback coach. And then Cam Brasillo, the offensive line coach. Thank you for your time, sir. You're coming to Vegas too. <laughs> so fuck. he takes the entire fucking Patriots offensive staff with him to Vegas. And uh, right now, for the Patriots on offense, uh, they don't have a they don't have a quarterback coach. Yeah. Ivan fears the running back coach is going to retire. No running back coach, no receiver coach. Oh, It'll probably be Troy Brown, Nick Cayley, who's a tight ends coach. Who, if he's OC, I'm okay with it because he's been around for like 11 years. He's a good dude. People like him. Um, but that's it. Oh, 
and how could I forget? Oh boy, Joe Judge, the offensive <laughs> assistant. Oh shit! Woohoo! Woo-hoo. So Bruno, we don't have. Well, we do as of today have a director of player personnel, Matt Grow, who's been in the system for eleven years. Right, uh, has taken over Ziegler's duties, but. I'm fine with that. Matt Grow is an integral part of last year's draft with Ziegler. So hopefully we have another good draft that we had last year. Right. But I – this coaching staff needs to get sorted out. You don't have an offensive coordinator, and you haven't had a defensive coordinator for three years. You have Steve Belichick calling plays on Sundays, but you have Gerard Mayo running meetings during the week, and you have Gerard Mayo going out and getting all these head coaching interviews. But then Steve Belichick – it's like – it's like – this is what I equate it to, and this could be a dumb analogy or whatever. But, Bruno, let's say you and I are uh, – we're in the same class at UConn. Mm-hmm. And uh, you study the entire week as hard as you can for an exam. And then I go in and take the exam for you. Hmm. Not studying. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make any fucking sense to you? Kurt, is that going to work? Because I don't think so. I don't think that's going to work, Bruno. <laughs> and it hasn't really worked for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, so Steve Belichick calls plays during the games, and Gerard Mayo doesn't. And Gerard Mayo gets all the head coaching off uh, interviews. Right. I don't know. It just seems a little ass backwards to me. Yes. So we don't have an official defense coordinator, even though it should be Gerard Mayo. And we don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. So, Bruno, I want to know. Yep. Um, because I'm getting a little nervy, a little yep. nervous. Yep. Uh, because Mike Reese, who again is uh, as tapped in with the Patriots as anyone could be tapped in, was starting to hint about Joe Judge and uh, Matt Patricia being heavily involved in the Patriots' offense next year. <laughs> and you know what that makes me want to do? Puke. Become a Bills fan. Oh, because boy. <laughs> I that or put a bullet between my eyeballs. Because uh, no thank you to either of them. So, I'm going to give you my dream offseason for, for the coordinators. Show up. Dream. Show up. Pipe dream. It's dream never going to happen, but I want it. I want Bill O'Brien back, and I want him calling plays for the offense. And I want Brian Flores back as a defensive coordinator. Okay. Brian Flores is not going to get a head coaching job. Um, obviously, his scandal – not scandal. His uh, He's obviously going after the league. Yeah, his lawsuit. Uh, uh, the, thank you, lawsuit. I was going to say suing, but I knew that wasn't the right word. <laughs> His lawsuit with the league. Um, but Brian Flores, the last time the Patriots had an elite defense was when Brian Flores was here. Sure. Uh, and the man knows what he's doing, and he's and he's had Bill Belichick's number. So I think Bill Belichick respects him. Um, I hope if Bill Belichick offers him anything, he doesn't text him because he might text yep. the wrong guy. Yep. So um, <laughs> I saw this really funny meme where it's not funny, but like, Bill in his phone should have wrote like black Brian and oh, white Brian God. because he texted uh, the wrong. Yeah, texted <laughs> the wrong well, uh, well, shit, Jim. So I don't know if they're on like great, you know, because obviously Belichick's text messages are in the right. lawsuit that was sent to the league. I don't yep. know if Bill likes that being out there. So yep. I don't know how they're doing from a friendship standpoint at the moment. But True. again, ideally, I would like Bill O'Brien back and Brian Flores back. If we can't get Bill O'Brien back, oh, this is going to, I can't believe I'm putting these words into the oh, universe. Boy. I'm nervous. I want Adam Gase to be the offensive coordinator oh of the Patriots. Oh, my God, Kurt. Jesus. I think Adam Gase is a buffoon. I think he's a fool. I think he's a terrible <sighs> head coach. But I think he's a pretty good offensive mind. Um, the, what he did with Brian Tannehill pre-ACL injury was very Josh Allen-esque. Like the jump that Ryan Tannehill took under Adam Gase. Bruno's giving <laughs> me this half-assed smirk. I, I, I can't believe I'm putting that out into existence. Uh. 
but I'd rather have Adam Gase than than Nick Cayley or Chad O'Shea back here or someone who just I don't think is qualified to call plays in the NFL. Like at least I know these guys have done it before. Right. It's Bill O'Brien is number one in the fifty feet of shit, and then Adam Gase. And Kurt, you know what I'm going to agree Adam with you? you. I'm going to agree with you. Sorry to cut you off. I I don't know about Adam Gase. Right. I was just you know giving you the smirk. What I completely agree with you, no matter what, is that I'm kind of getting tired of this promoting with from within perspective Ugh. that we're taking. Like it's very annoying. I know Bill Belichick's a great coach. Again. Some of his assistants and the people under him have gone on to great success. Some are Steve Belichick, right? So that's just that's just the, what <laughs> yeah. it is, right? Yeah. I I I think at this point, Kurt, there's too many holes and too many people have left. I don't think like in a normal year, if one coach leaves, sure, promote someone random from within, and that's like okay, problem solved. This many holes, we need like proven talent. We need like people who have done this shit before. People who have gone up, maybe been head coaches, whatever you want to call it. We need people who like know what they're doing. And like again, no disrespect to Gerard Mayo or the other people who are there. Like I'm sure, like you said, they're nice guys. I'm sure they're going to be great, or they will be great if they're you know given a chance someday or whatever it is. I just I completely agree with you. I would like to hire some people who know what they're doing. Yeah, no doubt. And again, I think it all. I think it all varies a little bit like if you're a running back coach if ivan fierce leaves obviously that's a big loss because it's ivan fierce but you can replace a running backs coach when you're talking about your coordinator jobs yeah those have to be people who people respect yes you can't just bring people up from within it the patriots have been so good too bruno it's been a brain drain for the last 10 years nick casario like you go down the list even his boy ernie adams like they're gone like these guys are gone um I don't know. I just, they, I can't just be Bill. It's someone who has to be able to sit across the table from Bill Belichick. And if they like, don't agree with what Bill's saying, like call him out on his shit. Because right now it just feels like he has a lot of yes men. Yes. Yes, Bill. You're right, Bill. Yes, Bill. Anything for you, Bill. Like it's, I don't know. It just, it, it kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, I do think Mac Jones is smart enough. He can, he can do it with a, with a Nick Cayley if he has to. But if you really want the most out of Mac Jones and you want him to take a second or third year leap, you need to get him someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, and I hope that's Bill O'Brien. And Kurt, if we're going to be honest, it's already bad enough that he's going to now be on his second quarter year in two years. But if you fuck this one up, you don't want Mac Jones on his third and three years next year, right? That's why Which, it's even more important right now. That does scare me um, a little bit if Bill O'Brien is back with the Patriots, if he does, if he if he helps Mac Jones a shit ton and they have a good year, is Bill O'Brien getting interviewed elsewhere for head coach? Oh, interesting. That does scare me a little bit. Um, so we'll see, but I still want him back here. I still yes, think Ma- I too. think he would. I, it'd be better having him than anybody else. Bruno, the second part of this, we'll go through it really quick. Okay, so the biggest needs. So that's about the coaching staff for the offseason. Yep. The biggest needs of the Patriots going into free agency and the draft. Yep. So it's a little bit different this year for the Patriots. Last year, the Patriots came out and they blew their load all oh, over yeah. the beginning of free agency. Oh, yeah. You and I could not keep up with it. It was yep. awesome. It was electric. It was unlike anything we had seen from the Patriots. They cannot do that this year. Yep. They do. They simply don't have the funds to do yep. that this year. Uh, as of right now, the Patriots have roughly $13 million to play with in uh, free agency. That's uh, incredibly problematic because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's like nothing in the NFL. J.C. Yeah. Jackson alone, if he's even tagged, franchise tag, is like $17 million. So Sheesh. somewhere things need to change. Um, and again, the salary cap is like the biggest joke of all time. You can like move money around into like 
signing bonuses or push money off into ne- like the next couple of years. Like there is ways the Patriots can get under the cap. Like I'm not even remotely worried about that. But it's not going to be that they're going out there this year and they're signing Von Miller and they're signing Chris Godwin and they're signing J.C. Jackson. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's just that's just not happening. So what does that mean, Bruno? They have a lot of holes that they need they need to, to patch up here. And I think a lot of that is going to have to get hit on in the draft. Yeah. Does that scare me a little bit? Yes. We know from like 2017 to 2019, 2020, there are a lot of like, what the hell pick was that for the Patriots? I've tried to come on and justify them. I've tried to have Bills back. Some of them are just not even worth defending. Right. Cyrus Jones, Nikhil Harry, Jawan Williams. It's like those guys, there's just there's just no hope of even yep anything for them. But then this last year looked like a home run off the bat. So hopefully this whole thing of Belichick being more inclusive with the, his with his scouting department and his guys, yeah. Matt Groh, Elliot Wolf, who's still there, hopefully they have another home run draft. So, Bruno, I want to talk about a couple a couple spots that I think need need to be looked at. Yes. Number one, wide receiver. That's my number one as well. Um, I know the Patriots' defense was awful in the loss to Buffalo, both losses to Buffalo this year. I know they limped to the finish line. You cannot convince me at this time otherwise. A good offense beats a good defense any day of the week. If you look at the guy, the, the top eight teams, the divisional round, I went through it on this podcast about how many different playmakers these teams had. You need playmakers on offense. Yes. And the Patriots offense, I am so okay that it wants to be a run-heavy offense with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. You can you – can, Feed those boys till you can't feed them no more. Of course. But you need to be – you can't be one-dimensional. The Patriots talk about all the time how they only saw one high safety a lot this year. Almost every team in the NFL plays too high safety because they have these explosive down-the-field playmakers. Well, the Patriots just run the ball all the time, so they, they have another guy in the box. If you can run the ball as efficiently as you could this year and you can add an element where you can go get a, an explosive receiver in the draft and – you have Kendrick Bourne, you have Jacoby Myers, and you have Hunter Henry, and maybe Jono Smith doesn't suck next year. Now you have a, now you have a two dimensional offense that is really hard to stop. But you need a number one, and that's what that's what this has got me to. I know the Nikhil Harry pick was a bust. I know that everyone knows that, except yep. for when he's Calvin Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> there are guys in this draft that can be a number one for you. Um, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas is my number one dr- pipe dream. He's probably going to take him before the Patriots at 21. He would be phenomenal. Um, there's Jamison Williams, I believe, Williamson or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah from Alabama. Fr- from Alabama, who's awesome. John Mechie the third from Alabama, who's awesome. He'll probably be a second-round guy. Chris Olav from Ohio State. There yeah. are guys out there who can come in right away and change your offense. Right. And I don't care if your number one is a slot guy like Cooper Cup or it's an it's outside guy like um, Odell Beckham Jr. Right. Like, you just need someone who's going to threaten the yes. deep part of the field, threaten off uh, defenses and be like, oh, shit, we can't stack the box because this guy can beat us over the top. Right. So wide receiver, I don't think you're getting him in free agency. I don't think it's Chris Godwin. I don't think it's any of those guys. If, if it's Allen Robinson, sign me up. He had, a, he had a down year. He had a down year, but I'm, I'm – I'd be all aboard the Allen Robinson train. Me too, Kurt. And I'm just going to say it. It's not going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. But Calvin Ridley, wouldn't that be a delight? I, yeah, I'm so in on that. <laughs> if that could happen, give me. I will sign up for Calvin Ridley yep. every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Uh, so 
wide receiver is number one for me, yes. Bruno. Real quick, rattle off the last three. Yep. Cornerback. What's happening yeah. with J.C. Jackson? Is J.C. Jackson back? Is he getting franchise tag? Is he getting tagged in trade? What's happening with J.C. Jackson? As of right now, I listened to the Patriots Talk podcast today. No communication with J.C. Jackson. Love that is a, That is about the way how Bill does business. He doesn't talk to you until he has to. Um, but he, <laughs> apparently the Patriots did offer a contract to J.C. Jackson during oh. the middle of the season at about roughly $15 million a year. He said no thanks, which is smart for him. Damn. He's probably going to get $20 million a year. If on, Fuck. Yeah, so we'll see. My guess, J.C. Jackson is not here next year. So oh. that means you need a cornerback because uh, uh, Millsy out there ain't going to cut it. So <laughs> that, that's my number two thing. My third one, sneaky, maybe you don't think about this, offensive tackle. Yeah, offensive tackle right now. Yeah. Trent Brown, free agent. Isaiah Wynn, last year of his deal. Also, I don't like Isaiah Wynn. <laughs> so take that for what it is. Now you have Mike Unwainu and you have Justin Haran, but are those long-term answers? Are those guys who are long-term yeah. answers? I don't know. So that I think tackle has to be a spot where you look at this year. Right. Um, and lastly, it's linebacker. Gerard need. Mayo ha- need. Gerard Mayo went on to a uh, on the Patriots talk po- Patriots talk podcast and said they need to get faster and more explosive on on defense. And I think I popped a boner in like two seconds Instantly. because I love Dante Hightower. I love Kyle Van Noy. I love Joan Bentley. They're all slow as dog shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're these Mack trucks in a league yeah. where they got NASCARs going around. Like yeah. you need a little more speed. So I know they have Cam Mag- Yeah, we need some Hot Wheels. Your Hot Wheel accelerator, <laughs> right to ride. Oh, um, so they, I know they got Cam McGrone uh. in, in the draft last year. He didn't play it all this year because of injury. Right. So he'll be he'll be back, and I think they're excited about him. Yep. Raekwon McMillan. That is a name you have not heard since the start of training camp. I really haven't. <laughs> Bill Belichick brought him in. He tore up training camp. He was phenomenal. Unfortunately, training camp was not the only thing he tore up because he tore up his ACL. Oh, so <laughs> he missed the entire season. But apparently he's in the plans for next year. So those are, okay. again, two guys, you know, who are who can make a difference. Right. In free agency, that's where I think the Patriots go. I think they'll go look to add someone in free agency. So that is what it is. Um, those are the four spots, I think, that have to get addressed uh, if, if you want the Patriots to be – legit contenders next season yeah kurt mine again you you did it uh, exhaustively my top two were simply wide receiver and listen linebackers i think those are to me those are the biggest two things kurt i'm not gonna lie to you i know you know we we won't have a ton more to say we'll cover the draft as we get closer i'd be okay with our number 21 pick being a top wide receiver i'd be great with that we missed out on Jeff- justin jefferson as you are well aware we uh. did not get jamar chase obviously we weren't ruined for him but i'm just saying we did not get jamar chase i'd love whatever receiver next year is gonna be the next one of those guys What's interesting about last year's draft, too, Bruno, is everyone's like, oh, the Patriots need a receiver. They need a receiver. They need a receiver. They didn't draft a receiver till the seventh round, Trey Nixon. Yikes. So it's like, Bill, sir, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> I know what I'm about to say is going to scare you, uh, but like, hear me out on this. Apparently, and I'll, I'll do my dumb, nerdy research about the draft, but it sounds like it's super top-heavy. Like the top ten guys are first round picks, and then everyone else who goes in the first round might be like a. They're not a home run pick. the The pick number twenty one is prime Bill Belichick trade back. Oh, like it, go acquire. I know, I know, I, I knew I was going to. <laughs> um, it's prime trade back territory. So, just prepare your start. It's February fifteenth. Start preparing yourself in two months because he's probably trading back. If you're telling me to prepare my tits, I'll prepare them. I didn't want to, but I'll do it, Kurt. 
you know, for the brand. You have to do it. So mm. um, I don't hate it. If there is a, a number one wide receiver there, if that, if Traylon Burks is there, if Williams is there, like whatever, and they don't take him, then I'll be pissed. Right. But like I just talked about seconds ago, there are a lot of holes that need to get filled. The Patriots yeah. don't have that many picks this year. Yeah. So if if you can trade back from 21 and then you're at like pick 34 and you acquire a pick in the 40s or 50s, okay. Because you need, you need some yeah. of these guys. So we'll see. Um, it'll be a very interesting offseason. Uh, you'll hear from us at some point in this offseason about like what's going on. But uh, this this was a fun season of mm-hmm. playing the field because they didn't suck. Yeah. They didn't outright suck until the Hell end. Hell yeah. Then they outright sucked. Yeah. Um, but we made, we made it through a year of Cam Newton, and this year was just like a, a holy blessing to have Mac Jones and oh, a yeah. lot to talk about. So uh, super fun year talking about um, about the NFL and the Patriots, as we talked about Rams, Super Bowl champs, Patriots heading into a very exciting offseason. Please go get some competent coaches, and I'll be very happy. Um, but, Bruno, for the for one last time this year, it's time for the Stats Guy segment. I think it is. It's me, baby. Hey. Hello, Hello bruv. Hey, Hi. Bruv. Um, very pleased yet very sad to be here. <laughs> um, football season has been made exponentially better by my presence on this podcast. Many and I'm sad that she's coming to a close. Um, are you also sad that time being. The, the Cincinnati's are gone? Mm. Kurt Field of playing the field, I really didn't have a great weekend. And really, mm. it was because the Cincinnati's did not take home the Super Bowl win. And thank you so much because you're leading me right into the first thing that I wanted to talk about. Segway King over here. Segway King. Um, and also, just a spoiler, I don't have any stats. I really just have three talking points. <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's do it. I love it. You know what? That's so on brand for this. Let's just do the damn thing. Wait, wait. Kurt, is she winging it? Hmm. Well, stats guy, <laughs> we wang I'm it I'm quite today. literally <laughs> buffalo wing-dinging it. Why? Wow. Well, we wanged it too, so. Great. Um, the Cincinnati's did not take home the Super Bowl win. Though you didn't take home a I, sweatshirt. I... Do you actually just want to do my segment? I don't know what you're talking about. Stats um, <laughs> Be quiet. I'm not okay. in the mood to play today. Yeah, I guess neither, neither was Cincinnati's on Sunday. On the field. Yeah. All right. Um, Proceed. Cincinnati's did not take home the Super Bowl win, though. Um, I will have to say, though, I did not prefer the outcome. It was quite an entertaining game of football. I won't so say it was as entertaining as the last couple weeks of playoff football. With like True. all of the, you know, blood pressure spikes and dips that we got, um, but I do really love a good little back and forth football game. Stats guy, I, I it's only fair. I asked Bruno this. It is fair. Um, one bite. Everyone knows the rules. One through ten using decimals. What do you rate the game? I'm not going to tell you what we said. Yeah, just give there's me no yours. there's there's no right or wrong answer unless you're nope. wrong. It's just personal 6. preference. Six point eight. Okay, oh. so stats guy was six point eight. Bruno was six point two. I was four point five. Um, okay, I was so, hoping okay. we'd do so the same. What, that would have been a lot. What what you're saying is I'm half glass half full kind of gal. Yeah, which I is again very on brand. Yeah, I'll I'll give you reasoning behind my score. Um, I have never been more. I'm obviously a Patriots girl. True. And every time the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl, I'm like, obviously I want this, the Patriots to win. 
but it felt Damn different right. this year. I went into the Super Bowl and I was like, no, I need the Cincinnati's to win. I, <laughs> as you and the listeners of this podcast know, aside from the Patriots, which don't count in this running, the Cincinnati's have been a consistent top three team of mine. And the fact, I'm just such a fan of the underdog. Yeah. I just, I needed them to win, True. which is why I impulsively bought that sweatshirt, mm. which is why I spent countless hours decorating the most beautiful black and orange cupcakes for the show. It just, the game. it bummed me out, man. And it didn't set me up for having a good week. Um, nope. I know the fans have been on edge, but I'm 97% sure that the reason why the Cincinnati's couldn't take home the Super Bowl win was because my sweatshirt never came in the mail. Ah, fucking A. The tracking on my dear friends at USPS still say that she's sitting nice and cozy in El Paso, Texas, where she's been since February 5th. Oh, my God. So who Did knows you if email we'll ever the get Etsy it. Maybe that back? will be on season five of Playing the Field. I'll <laughs> be able to reveal my big sweatshirt. <laughs> well, Seth guy, I will say, um, at the very least, at least yesterday, you ended your week with that in the past. And you could start, or sorry, on Sunday, you ended your week in the past. You could Bruno, start your new oh week my on God, Monday. Literally, you guys just fresh. take over Stats Guy segment. Just take it over. <laughs> I'm just saying you started your Monday fresh. You left it Sunday and the end of that past week. You started your okay. Monday fresh. Hold on. Yep. I'm not done. I'm giving the, the Super Bowl game a 6.8 because, um, you know, higher than average because I love the back and forth. It wasn't a total heartbreaker. It was like yep. there was hope. There wasn't hope. There was hope. There wasn't hope. I didn't love how many times Joe Burrow got yossed on the ground. Yossed. What a great word. That was a great word. I simply didn't love that. I'm one of his biggest fans. Some could say the biggest Joe Burrow fan. I don't know much about. Where do you play college football? Um, well, that's a trick question because he actually transferred. So f off. He played in oh, Ohio and then he transferred okay. to LSU. So tell him. Tell him. You know what? Mo let's hold on, Bruno. Let's go. That's, uh, that's and he grew up in Athens because remember he has better high school stats than Tom Brady. Yep. Wow. Holy and shit. also Kurt Field. No, doubt yes. me. I dare you. Me, but me better than Tom Brady. So yeah, that's, yeah, 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 right, yeah, right, 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 right. If we were to rank, yeah. it would go Tom Brady, absolute oh. trash. Oh, starting from the bottom, love yep. it. <laughs> and Joe Burrow sitting hey. pretty at the top. Me sitting right in between Tom Brady and Joe Burrow sounds like a sweet spot. So I'm, yep. I'll take that. I'm gonna move right along past that comment. <laughs> and move on to my second <laughs> topic of conversation. Don't make it weird. <laughs> um, you said it, uh, me. I said um, sitting. What are we going to do sitting? What did Jerk we all off? think about the halftime show? We already talked about it. Okay, Great. and was we I both, here for the conversation? We both really liked it. Bruno said, remember how we said on, when we did through like the last 10 halftime shows, Bruno's like, I pooped during halftime. Right. He didn't poop during half. Well, maybe you oh did, but he, he at least watched. He, was, he said he was, he said he was in, entertained the entire time. Pleasant. It was a pleasant delight. It was a pleasant delight. I'll I take it. it. I did that go it. into your 6.2 score? Um, it actually didn't. If I factored it in, it would have been higher. I adjusted the game on that. But I, like I said, you, I said this here, and I disrespected both of you when I said I'm not a halftime show guy. But I watched for the most. I didn't. Kurt said something about them all gathering at the end. I was gone by that point. I needed to get my poop mm -hmm. in. But for the most part, I watched it all, and I had a I had a great time. Stats guy, Kurt asked me 
who my favorite performer was or which segment mm. was my favorite. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if you judge it holistically or if you have okay. that. I said Snoop. He said Eminem. What say you? You said Kendrick? Oh my god, no. I, wow. I think you shouldn't have told me who you each voted for until after I say my answer. Oh, fuck. Because I don't like knowing that I'm about to be a tiebreaker. Oh, that's I like fine. It to be a surprise. That's fine. No, that's I fine. I think, okay, so I think I'm kind of more familiar with Eminem. Kurt picked Eminem, but, so that's fine. But I think I liked Snoop's performance the best because yeah, Snoop was it was awesome. one of those things where, like, we're kind of on the cusp of, like, being in the demographic that actively listened to Snoop when he was, like, releasing new music. Like, we always grew up being familiar with it, but not, like, California Girls featuring Snoop Dogg. <laughs> right, or like watching footage of his concerts and things like that. Like, I yes. feel a lot more familiar with Eminem. Yes. So, to me, it was like my exposure to Snoop has been like in ads or working with Martha Stewart yes. or whatever. So, seeing him perform the songs that I've been hearing my entire life live, I was like, oh my God, he, like, I just completely disassociate him on his songs with like him in the media. You know what I mean? That's actually a great so watching point. Him perform his songs i was like this is so cool to watch so i think snoop was really hell cool. yeah hell yeah um my third and final point of the day is a little i can't prepare i can't prepare for this but i'm gonna start by asking you guys some fast fire questions and i would like absolutely no discussion around these i just want your first answer we'll start with bruno okay is cereal soup um, I was literally not ready for that. Uh, sure. Okay, Kurt, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Um, Bruno, are there 12 months in the year? <sighs> are we going by the Hebrew calendar, the Roman calendar, the American calendar? We gotta define that calendar. here. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and, um, Kurt, so she asked two opinion. She asked two opinion questions, and now she's asking two real questions. Keep going. I have to say well-rounded. Kurt, how many letters are in the alphabet? 26. Okay, great. And does the week start on Sunday or Mondays? Monday. Mondays. Okay, and for why? Because <laughs> it's the first day of the week. Mm -hmm. The work week or the calendar week? It's what Both. most Americans consider the start of a week. When you yes. ask an American, when does a week start? As we saw and, from, and what are you oh, considering oh, Americans? Your Instagram so, followers? So stats guy, stats guy, we've done, <laughs> we've, stats guy, we've done some. Uh, we have data points on this. Would you like right. me to pull that up for you again? Right. So because they're yeah. not going to fucking help you. Right. Because in Google, um, oh. when you type in what's the first day of of the week, some might say Monday, but if you actually read in the description, it says according to the United States who designates Sunday as the first day of the week, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. I would also like all well, of us Well, Joe Biden's to our president, our too, so there's a lot, of, a lot of things that are all whacked out, you know what I'm saying? All right, well, I'm pretty sure the Google search results probably would have exhibited the same information if we well, still had the president we had four years ago. So, just, just again <laughs> for the record, Ab... <laughs> Okay, uh, no, this is the stats guy segment, so I'm gonna throw some stats your way. Okay, mm -hmm. damn. Um, so just uh, what day? So I put I put the question on our walk. I put it out there mm -hmm. for the folks. What day would you say is the start of the week? Not the not by the calendar. Just what day would you say is the start of the week? Well, seventy eight percent. That's more than three quarters. Said mm -hmm. Monday. Twenty two percent said Sunday. 
uh, and just the sample size, not huge, but 30, 35 voted for mon uh, Sunday, 124 okay. voted for Monday. Okay, so um, so there's some stats asked, for you. Also, you I'm not done. No, I'm not done. <laughs> Abby, um, what would you? Uh, I do. I, I tip my cap again. I said this. I said this on the pick six. You don't watch those, but um, I said that on the pick six. Um, Ali Zerniak. Uh, right. Oh, then. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ali Zerniak, our good friend uh, of the pod, not really, uh, but she's just a good friend. She put she put it into great perspective. Abby, what uh, part of the week do you call Saturday and Sunday? You call it the weekend, but really that's the week that's... end. Okay. <laughs> Before a new week Fair. starts. I personally consider mm -hmm. Saturday I consider it part of the weekend, you're mm -hmm. correct. But when you're moving yes. throughout the week Because the week ends. Right. The week ends with like Friday and Saturday. Then um, why but, would Sunday be part okay. of the weekend? Hold on. I I'm think ready. this is a podcast where we're all able and allowed to share our opinions. You can um, share your wrong opinions, yes. Right. So opinions are opinions. <laughs> Facts are right or wrong. And what you posted on your Instagram story was a question of opinion. What do you feel is the start yeah. of the week? But what mm -hmm. I'm saying is fact is that it's Sunday. Pull out your calendar. It starts on fucking Sunday. And I'm about to pose a question to you that's going to literally make you guys feel so stupid. Are you ready? <laughs> are you? Wait, doesn't yes. it only start with Sunday because they don't want SS back to back? They yep. just want to break up the S's? Yep. Um, no, that's stupid. That's that not stupid like because on a calendar, OCD. you know how it says S M T W T F. Yeah. yeah. They just yeah. You can't this. have SS next to each other. Yeah. You actually simply can because my stupid work calendar at work starts on Saturday. It does Saturday, what? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What the fuck sounds, kind of calendar? Is, did right you make for, that calendar? Sounds about right <laughs> no, for I your administration at Ethel <laughs> okay. Walker. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyways. I interrupted your whatever your blow us blow our minds with whatever you're going to okay. say. Okay. So, let's just reel this back in <laughs> to the main topic at hand, which is football, <laughs> okay. right? Mm -hmm. So, in a week of football, a game is played on Sunday. Mhm. Mm Are you going to say what's played... what starts a week? If a game is played on the Saturday right before, are those in two different weeks in the same in the season? What about Monday and Thursday? Those are in the weeks affiliated with the Sunday football. What's the last what is the last game of a week? When is it, when is the last game of a week? Saturday or Thursday? No, but it's Monday. Monday is the last game yeah, of Monday the week. Yeah, Monday is the last game of the week. And then Thursday starts the new week of football. Okay, so then that's moot. So I guess Tuesday <laughs> is the first day of the week and all of us are wrong. No, but I'm just, I'm disproving your point. I, it actually is Monday that's the last game because, like, you could check fantasy. Like, that Monday is the final game that goes into fantasy. And, all right, you know, so is it is. Tuesday or Thursday that's the first day of the week? Um, that's an NFL week. You asked me the question, just for the fans again at home who are so impassionated by this. You asked me the question, what would you consider the start of a week? What? I, I'm pretty impassionated so right impassionated now. I'm impassionated right now. <laughs> I'm very impassionated. That's a word. <laughs> That's a verb. Um, what would you consider? What, what would you consider the first week, first day of the week? It's most people would consider Monday the first day of the week. You didn't say what's I. I told this to you in the walk. If you ask me the question, what's the first day of the calendar week? I would say Sunday. I'm not fucking stupid. But that's okay. not the question you asked. 
So you can have your calendar. I will have my majority of the population agree with me. Bruno also mm, agreed I it was Monday. I didn't know we were ones that just, you know, slide into the majority, agree with everybody else. Didn't mm. didn't know that mm. was the crowd well, I was you can be You can be your leader. You can be a leader and go try to start okay. this whole calendar thing. I I wish I you good luck, pal. Thank you. I'm a feminist, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> where's your Where's your vagina hat? Oh, God. Um, actually don't have one. But um, Then you're not a feminist. You're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess agree to disagree on that. Um <laughs> We're both right. Nope. So you can't okay. pull that card. Okay. No. Okay. According to Google, we're literally both right. I'll raise you this last point. Yeah, it better be the last um, point. So <laughs> okay. I was talking to um, my roommates about this. <laughs> my roommates, my mom and my dad. Um, oh. And <laughs> glad you I went asked there, my dad I was about this. What did you say? No, I'm glad you said that because I was going to go there if you didn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I asked them both how they would respond to this question. And okay. my mom, who's able to respond to things in a short and concise way, said, first day of the week is Sunday. My dad- Yeah, she was I... one of the 35 votes of Sunday. Yep. My dad, where I get some of my story <laughs> storytelling genes are, obviously couldn't answer the question very straightforwardly and saying like, oh, it's Sunday. He gave me like four examples. And I'm not gonna lie, he did kind of defend the Monday idea, but the 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 thing that really hit home for me in terms of his sunday justification was he's working overtime and he works on saturday and sunday those get paid out in different paychecks because his paycheck like in the business world because he works according to the stock market it's sunday to saturday and so that just really hit it home for me hmm I haven't thought about in that one, one weekend no. on saturday and because sunday because she keeps she keeps the changing next. the fucking narrative you can't be like, oh, the calendar week says this, and then the business world does it by this. You asked the question, what mm -hmm. would you consider to be the start of the week? Monday. Just like I said, the majority of the population would agree with. I was okay. correct. Well, no, that's just how you feel. No, no, no. I was correct. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I feel like it starts on Sunday. I get ready for my week on Sundays. I don't get ready for it on, on I don't get ready for my week on what Mondays. Is the, what are the Sunday scaries? preparing for the week yeah the week to start on monday the, the week has started on sunday Wait, when let me just That's back up when terrifying. you're when you're preparing for the week what does that mean that means i'm like getting started and doing all the things that i have to do for the rest of the week okay like watch eight hours of football all weekend that's how you just spend it <laughs> Okay, Bruno. Here's okay, another I'm, question. I'm if you were ready. going you know, you out on the nights of the point. weekend, if you were going out on the nights of the weekend, would you okay. go out on Sunday night or just Friday and Saturday? I wouldn't go out on Sunday night because the next morning is the start of the next week. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm completely confident in my conviction um, <laughs> that Sunday is the start of the week. And thank you all for coming. This has been an absolute electric end to the season. Bruno, can you please take us out before I actually start to rip out my hairs one by one? Thank Wait, you. Wait, are you going to say thank you for coming to my TED Talk? Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. The beginning of the week is Sunday, according to the calendar and the literal stock market. Well, stock market. <laughs> If you want to be wrong, keep listening to the Stats okay. Guy segment. So, in our most contentious Stats Guy segment of our the season. Our last Stats Guy segment ever. <laughs> oh, okay, that hasn't been... Uh, the council has not voted on that, I will just say. That, <laughs> that might be more of an opinion than a fact. I if can't we're doing wait for my severance check. 
Oh wait, I had a stat. Oh no. I no, don't know what's I did. No, no, it's not a bad one. Bad um, joke. Because I no, because I didn't know if stats guy was coming on. It was kind of a last minute thing. Um, I had a stat just in case she didn't come on because you told me it was gonna be a game time decision. Um, Bruno, oh, we had this a was fan of Hail Marys. This was episode twenty two. Bruno, in the twenty one episodes we had of season three, we had a total of seven thousand one hundred and six listens, downloads, listens, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, per minute. Per podcast, yep. <laughs> yep. Yes, that will get us to billions. <laughs> yeah. Why haven't yeah. I been paid yet, then? Why haven't any of us been paid yet? <laughs> He's got you there. Yeah, so. yeah. We have been advertising BetterHelp.com and DraftKings yeah. to Promo over 7,000 people fuck the for bucks. free. Fuck the bucks. Since week fuck four. That's a long I, time ago. I will say fuck the bucks is kind of iconic at this point. I'm never going to forget that promo We should print t-shirts with that on it. Yeah. <laughs> Start me up, baby. Right. You have okay, that that's, t-shirt. That is iconic. I will say that's iconic. No, but that's cool. 7,000 listens in a season yeah. before this one. That's awesome. So, yeah. um, no, but in all seriousness, thanks to the people. Thanks to Bruno for coming along for another journey. Thanks to Stats Guy for always lightening the mood at the end of podcasts. <laughs> um, I love Especially how... this one, probably. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to have a debate. Mm-hmm. It is nice to debate my fellow debaters. I'm not going to sit here and say I lost that debate, but you know, it's <laughs> it's either, always it's always fun. It to seems debate. like we agree on that. <laughs> we agree at the end of the day, baby. All right, Bruno. Uh, Bruno, you can take us out, but don't forget, we might be seeing people much sooner than they think. Yeah, Kurt, we'll be back. We don't know how. We'll be back. We don't know. I, we, I, we is an inclusive term, Kurt. Who, I know. <laughs> who are you referring to when you say we? Well, in see, this that's interim, an opi- that's an opinion question, Ab. So that we, we've oh. learned opinion questions can. That we don't like a fact, actually. Hmm. Yeah. No, yes, I, we will I, I, be back. Stats guy, to you, I will respond the same thing I just said to Kurt. The council has not taken its vote yet, so the council oh, will okay. meet, but the council jury's meeting has up. not happened yet. The jury's still out. Before I forget, uh, only time I've been summoned for jury duty, I served on jury. Good times. Um, but would, thank you. That okay. would happen to you. <laughs> it was the only time, and yep, uh, he was convicted of. Okay, never mind. Can't say. Anyways, <laughs> we had a great time this season. Again, Kurt, th- uh, thanks as you said to the millions of listeners. Stats guy, thanks for providing the diversity of stuff that we talked about, which is leading into our off season and all that good stuff. Again, this is weird because usually I'll say see you next week. I don't know when we're gonna see you. I don't even really see that much. I don't see. Arguably, I don't see. But you know what? We'll see you next time on. Playing the field. Bye, guys. Miss you already.